They visit with the coach, Zach Willis, first and 10. He's first up with 10 minutes, though we may give him more tonight because we have a lot to cover. First of all, Coach, hope you're doing well. Hope you had a great Christmas with the family and everybody got what they were looking for. I think they did, Phil, and my birthday is on the 30th, so hopefully I'll get what I'm looking for with two wins out of our in-state teams. Don't forget three. We got Coastal Carolina, too. Oh, okay. Three then. (laughs) (laughs) You sound like you've got a touch of what a lot of people are dealing with right now, this little uh, nasally stuff that's going around. Absolutely do, but, you know, I watched Michael Jordan faint and score over 40 in an NBA Finals game with the flu, so I think I can carry forward. <laughs> Did he really have the flu? There's some people who think he was, he was faking the whole thing. I, I'd never doubt Michael Jordan. He never yeah. pro- he never proved anything to me, but he was a real deal. But who knows? Yeah, yeah. He and, could Elvis, and, and Elvis is still alive, too. And Elvis is still know. alive, yeah. He could score. <laughs> listen, Michael Jordan could score 40 on, you know, with his leg in a cast, you know, against most against most people. So, well, I hope you feel and, better, and, and, I'm, and I'm glad you're with us. Um, it, it's – since we last talked to you, I, I guess it was, what, after the – after the South Carolina uh, Clemson weekend, um, so much has changed for all these teams, not just our in our state. I mean, all over the country, so much has changed. You wonder about how much the losses affect the, the chemistry, the character, the makeup of a team, and how they're going to play when they go out there in, in these bowl games. Now, you know, South Carolina, for example, last year went out and did a nice job and beat North Carolina with a very surprising offensive attack that North Carolina – never prepared for and never adjusted to, uh, you wonder if they've got to do some of the same this time to, to beat Notre Dame. I think they do, feel, but I think they're up to it. You know, Shane Beamer has shown us that he's not only resilient but very creative as a coach, as a head coach in directing his program. Um, you know, they changed their approach mid-season, really middle to late season, and had to really career-defining wins in doing what they did. And I think they'll be – my money would be that they'll come out and play extremely well. They've, they've lost a lot of people, but so has Notre Dame, including Notre Dame's starting quarterback, and that's a massive loss with South Carolina hanging on to Rattler, who is obviously a difference maker. Yeah. Well, when you look at this South Carolina offense, though, Coach, um, I mean, leading rusher is gone. Um, yep. Now, leading receivers back, but supporting receivers are gone, are not going to play. Van and Brooks in all likelihood. Van definitely out. Brooks, I believe, is definitely, well, is most likely not going to play. Um, how many tight ends are gone? A bunch of them. Stalker's three, gone. Three. Jaheim Bell's gone. Yeah. Um, the starting right tackle is gone. I mean, that's hard when you lose them after a season and you've got spring practice and fall camp. It's hard to replace that kind of talent with that much time, much less the few practices you get for a bowl game. Well, it is, and it goes back to this whole this whole new system that basically the Supreme Court unleashed on the college football really without a whole lot of notice from what I understand if they've got to correct this. There's two things that, that need to happen. Number one is they need to develop – they need to basically treat it like the NFL – and have a con- these kids sign contracts when they sign, so that they're you know, they're going to get compensated with nil mm-hmm. contracts, and if they break them, they pay a price for it. If it's going to be professional, let's treat it that way. Uh, so there's equal leverage on both sides. Secondly, we got to get the tampering out of it because what we've got going on out here, and I won't get specific right now because I don't have the concrete proof. I don't know if I'd tell it if I did. 
but we've got alumni luring guys away from other teams with the promise of paying them, and there's nothing right now anybody can do about it. NFL's been trying to guard that for years in the draft and, and with free agency. Uh, so, you know, we're basically in that kind of situation, and I could go on and on about character and loyalty to teammates, but that that's that argument's gone now. It's not gone, but it's not going to help us. We can just bellyache about it, but yeah. I really think for South Carolina, looking at this football game, they have got to load up on the run defense and make whoever Notre Dame starts at quarterback. I don't think they've named a starter as of yet. Uh, they have. They have. You might not have heard this, but they're going to go with their, their starter from, from yeah, back at yeah. the beginning of the season, Buckner. Yeah, and, and you know, their quarter, Drew Pine left because they informed him, hey, we're going to look in the transfer portal for some competition for you. And the kid basically put himself in the transfer portal according to their head coach, who I don't have any reason to doubt. Mm-hmm. He's very honest and up front, but he's afraid to compete. And who wants a quarterback that's afraid of competition? Uh, Phil Petty, I remember very closely, Kirk Cousins, Miles my one of my favorites, my boys, Josh Stett, we had people to push him. But he loved that stuff. They all did. They, they welcomed the, the competition because it made them rise to a higher level. Um, so it's a lot of – we could go on and on, but South Carolina needs to try to make Notre Dame's quarterback beat them from a defensive perspective. And, of course, Notre Dame lost their top pass rusher in Isaiah uh, Foley, I think, Foley. And, you know, which is, a, again, a head-scratcher for me because these NFL scouts are very, very nitpicky. Mm-hmm. And they're going to look at this stuff and say, well, you know, when you got to go to Green Bay, your, your favorite team, mm-hmm. and face them in the playoffs, this, you know, negative 22 windshield, are you just going to shut it down or say, I'm hurt and I can't play and still collect your paycheck? I mean, they're investing millions of dollars in these kids. So there's two sides of this coin. And I'm, I'm not going to say I'm not disappointed by it. I'm an old school guy, but I, I just want to be with my teammates, you know, play with my teammates as long as I possibly could because. When it's over, it's over. It's not like baseball where you can go get in a softball league and at least play a semblance of what you played. You can't find 22 guys to go out and pad up and knock the mess out of each other because basically you all end up in the hospital hmm. when you get older. This so is you, true. You, you want to you enjoy every minute, and I understand both sides of it, but from a strategic standpoint, I really believe South Carolina will give it everything they have. They have lost a lot, and I feel for them. But I also don't doubt Shane Beamer's uh, – at this point, his ability to motivate those kids to play their guts out. Defensively, got to believe that Notre Dame is going to line up, run the football. So defensively, yep. you think South Carolina is going to really stack the box? You think they're going to, um, you know, go with the, you know, tighten up with the linebackers behind the line and walk the safety down some, and, and just play tighter? And, and you mentioned make the quarterback beat you. He he hasn't played since the second game of the season, uh, but they do have a big. Offensive line yes. and big, strong running backs as well. What do you yes. think the Gamecocks will do defensively? I think they've got – for me, and there's a lot of ways to get into what you're talking about doing. That's the pathway you take. Because if you want to make sure – if you're Notre Dame and you can run the ball at will, that's all you're going to do. It's the least, least pathway fraught with potential hang-ups. You can fumble the ball or have a lost yardage play, but – They've got a great running back who's a big kid. They've got two of them actually really outstanding players, and that simplifies things for your quarterback. And they've got one of the best offensive lines in college football in the whole country. So i got to believe their running game is always important to them no matter who they play. 
you've got to try your best to take that away and force them to play left-handed, as we call it, and use the rather inexperienced quarterback, who's still a great player. Um, but but that, that would be the way that I would do it. I don't know if they'll do it that way or not. There may be some things I don't know, but that's what I see happening. Okay. Let's go to uh, Clemson. Uh, now, Clemson, uh, they, they too had their departures, but really – Miles Murphy is the one on the defense that they lose who was a starter, a you know, major contributor. And offensively, Uyangalale, he's gone. Um, yeah. After losing his job, he decided not to try and come back and compete for it and just go to Oregon State and go play for the Beavers out there. So now you turn it over, Clemson does, to um, a, a, a true freshman uh, who has seen limited time. Now he's – he got everybody excited with his performance against North Carolina. I will say that North Carolina's yeah. defense is nothing to um, take home to mother and, and feel, you know, really proud of. Uh, they, they've had trouble stopping most everybody they've played this year, not to take anything away from what Klubnik did that particular night. He's going to find a more dialed in, more, more, um, a more talented defense, even though Tennessee's going to be without, for example, Jeremy Banks, one of their starting linebackers has opted out. Yep. Still, I think this will be a tougher test for Clemson's offense with this new quarterback, this particular defense from Tennessee. Well, I definitely, you know, losing Jalen Hyatt and Cedric Tillman too, and remembering that, that you know, Hooker, Hendon Hooker's out with an injury, that's, those are two of the best receivers in college football. Tillman had been plagued by injuries all year long, and, of course, Jalen Hyatt, I think it has, or, or is a finalist for the Blitnikoff. I think he won it, obviously, Columbia native, who we're all proud of, and, did a great job. Now Clemson did lose Trent Simpson too, a uh, linebacker uh, good, who I think. Yeah, but my he, yeah, good point. But he, he wasn't was going to play. He wasn't yeah, going to play he, anyway. Yeah, yeah, he's he's hurt now. He's not in the same category that we're talking about. But I think Clemson definitely came out on the the winning end of this thing. I believe Klubnik is the future for them, and he really runs things extremely well for him. <coughs> Excuse me, but hmm. Clemson's got to do the same thing. They, the thing they've got to handle is the tempo, Tennessee's tempo on offense. You know, they're going to play extremely fast-paced. Hypo's an excellent coach. This is an excellent coach team. Mm-hmm. Even the back at wide receiver is going to be tough. Tennessee, again, no struggles defensively on the back end. And I think Clemson can take advantage of their defensive back four uh, and then throw in the ball. Look what South Carolina puts over 60 points on them and put half of that on Clemson in their huge win in Death Valley. But at the same time, uh, I think that Clemson in this one, I, I like their chances. And they these kids are all used to big stages. Um, out of all these four teams, Clemson has had the most success by far on the big stage. And Orange Bowl is a pretty big stage, and they've been there before. So I feel like if they can stop the run game to a degree, because Tennessee actually has a deceptively strong run game. Mm-hmm. and then But then the key is to be able to play with the tempo on defense and keep up with it. That's going to be a big deal. And they've got to be ready for that tempo because there's nobody in college football on the Division One level that runs the tempo Tennessee does. They get off plays faster than anybody in college football. But the don't you think Clemson's going to play faster too? That's something they yeah. did when they put uh, Klubnik in against North Carolina. Do you expect Clemson to try to push the tempo as well? And will that be in the Tigers' favor? Or do they run the risk of putting their defense in a position where they're going to – get worn out if Clemson's not converting third downs, moving the chains, keeping the football? Well, I think if if, if they had not lost Hendon Hooker, I would agree 100% with that. But then losing Hooker and Hyatt and Tillman, 
that's basically their three best players on offense. Now, some people may argue about that, but looking at their victory over Alabama, Jalen Hyde had five receptions for touchdowns in that game. He's just a game changer this year. Best receiver in the country as far as, you know, voting and that kind of thing went, and he was definitely the most productive. But I think that, again, you mentioned they play against a tempo offense every week. So they should not struggle with it, but I would still emphasize it to the kids. They're going to be a little bit faster than even we are. Clemson needs to establish that fantastic running game they have. They went away from it in the second half against South Carolina, and it really hurt them. Now, that's what bailed Uyungle out most of the year when he did get bailed out and kept him pretty productive. It was a great running game to offset and keep defenses honest. And I think they've got to keep that going with Klubnik. And basically, I think you'll see Klubnik have a great game. He's a very good player and was very impressive in that, in that ACC championship game. Does Klubnik make the receivers better? Then yes. Uyangale could, or do the receivers have to make Klubnik better? Oh, he makes them better. There's no question. And all it is is a quick matter of hitting your reads, being accurate with your throws, and quick with your decisions. So you got to make accurate, quick, correct decisions, and then throw the ball where you need to. And this is a lot easier said than done. It's why when you look in the NFL, it's only maybe 10 guys that are legit great players, and even some of them get criticized quarterbacking is such a tough thing and in the spread offense it's no different they're the trigger man we never really called them quarterbacks probably for the last 15 years in that offense you call them the trigger man because they pull the trigger on the gun on every play whether it's the run game and you doing read option stuff or rpos or you're down the field stuff so i think he excelled at that in the ball game and i would hope with more preparation he'd be even better but again tennessee has got a ton of talent over there and and here's the thing this bowl practice is huge for next year because there's basically an extra three or four weeks of practice for these teams. Mm-hmm. That's why getting in a bowl is so huge for developing a program. So I look for Tennessee to come out and play well, don't get me wrong, but I think Clemson definitely has an advantage, and I hope they'll exploit it. Before we let you go, quick thoughts on um, Coastal Carolina, East Carolina tomorrow night when Chris was with us. He said uh, he thinks it's going to be a very high-scoring game. Both of these teams can put points up. Grayson McCall is going to play for Coastal. Uh, Both of these teams struggle defensively. Uh, Mike Houston's doing a nice job there in Greenville, North Carolina, bringing that East Carolina program around. You think Coastal, with all the distractions of the coaching change, and they've had some opt-outs as well, you think they can put something together to grab a bowl win there in Birmingham? As long as Grayson McCall's there, I'd, I'd give him a chance against anybody. Just, uh, I, I mean, he's a fantastic player. I hate that he's leaving there, but I'm really proud to see him playing in the bowl game. But I think they'll be. I think they'll put a lot of points on the board. Like Houston is a defensive coach by nature, but he's building that East Carolina program, and Coastal Carolina's got a lot more talented team than people realize. Yeah, and they named your town after McCall. That's how big he is. <laughs> I think you've got your history a little bit staggered, but we'll take that. He's a heck of a player. <laughs> McCall, beautiful McCall, South Carolina. I used to know some other people there from McCall. Coach, I hope you feel better. Go drink something. Well, you're in Kentucky. Just go get something stiff there in Kentucky my, and make your, uh, make your nostrils open up a little bit. <laughs> make them flare. I, I might just do that. Hopefully my preacher's not listening. You know I'm Baptist. They get on you for that. I have to sit in the back row if I do that. Thing. That's okay. That's a lot of people <laughs> sit on that back row. From what I can tell, the Baptist churches I've been to in the past, a lot of people uh, sit on that back row. <laughs> well, I, I kind of grew up on the back row and worked my way up. But, you know, sometimes the necessity is to 
uh, you have to do what you got to do to get better. Well, I hope <laughs> you feel better. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, and you know what? We'll talk to you Monday, next Monday, about everything that went down uh, on on uh, to, uh, Tuesday night, Coastal, and Friday for the Gamecocks and Tigers. Thank you much. Have a great week. Hope you feel better. Thanks so much, guys. Y'all have a good one. You too. Okay, there you go. He's fighting it, but he's a fighter. That's the coach, Zach Willis, with some uh, great input on what's going to happen or what could happen or what should happen in the games coming up. We appreciate him being with us. 